This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. Yeah, you can't fight in leather pants and not have them smell afterwards. Hello and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. I'm Stacey Kulo. We're comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Gilmore Girls, one of Stacey's favorite shows. And I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one of Brian's favorite shows. So we're watching both shows together, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go. And this week we watch season three, episode 22, the season finale of both shows. Starting with Gilmore Girls, Those Are Strings, Pinocchio. As well as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Graduation Day, part two. We made it. We watched them all. Yep. Now we're done with the podcast. No. No, we're not. There's so much more. There's so much more. Is it fair to say we've never seen each other's shows at this point? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we both haven't seen the majority of each other's shows at this point. That's true. Like, we get the gist, but I guess I wouldn't want to be like, I've seen Buffy, and then someone's like, well, season six, that big thing, remember? And I'd be like, no, no. The rest of Buffy sort of shifts to be more of like a courtroom drama, so it's going to be a very different show. Yeah, Gilmore, um... Kind of more of the same. (laughs) They both become courtroom dramas? No, I meant it stays the same, though. Oh, I... (laughs) But I'm excited for Buffy. Yeah. So I did some research about Jess's um, spinoff title. Yes. How it's called Windward Circle. Apparently that's like a street slash neighborhood in that area. So I'm guessing that's where Jess's dad like lives. I actually found a clip from like a show they must have shot that didn't air. It mm-hmm. looked bad. It looked like a bad show. It was just like him facing off with a bunch of like surfer kids. He just doesn't have the charisma to lead a show. Maybe it would be about him like changing and adapting to that surfer life. Like he doesn't talk very much. And when he does, he's angry. Like that can't be the main character of a show. I agree. Okay, so we mentioned last week that the podcast is growing a bit. We're launching that Patreon. More details to come on that soon. And now we have another way you can support the show. And I don't want you guys to get freaked out, but we did recently make a little partnership with a company. It's Fleshlight.com. No. (laughs) And it's not that freaking ball shaver that reached out to us either. (laughs) I promise this product is something we are super passionate about and we think you'll love it. And we want you to enjoy it with us because whether you knew it or not, it's truly been part of this podcast the whole time. Yeah. I don't know if we've ever mentioned this, but most times when we watch the two shows, we like to have a little snack and share a bottle of wine. Mm -hmm. That's the product. It's wine. We don't have wine when we record. That would be a disaster. Yeah, it would. But a few months back, we started ordering wine online from this company called Wink, W-I-N-C. I actually first heard about it on a podcast years ago. And since we've just been drinking so much wine this year, we barely left the house because it was COVID times. I finally decided to give it a try and I made Brian have some too. And we love it. Yeah, it's good. I really recommend it. Like if you're anything like us, you love wine, but you have no idea what it means in terms of grapes, varietal. Wait, wine's from grapes? (laughs) Vintage, tannins. I worked in restaurants for years. I know all the wine words, but no idea what that means from a mouth. But with Wink, you take a little quiz about what kind of foods and flavors you like, and they recommend wine specifically for your palate and then have them delivered right to your door. Or you can say, to hell with the quiz, you don't know my mouth, and just pick whichever wines you want to try. But they knew my mouth. Yeah, I mean, I, actually, you didn't take the quiz. I did, but I, I but thought But you about, know my mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know your mouth pretty well. <laughs> but I've liked all the wines we've gotten so far. I think they get us. They know our mouths. This week, we drank one called Yay Yay? Yee Yee? Y-E-Y-E? That was good. Yeah. 
We actually got a little carried away. Tapped at another bottle called Honey Beast. That was maybe a mistake. Not because it wasn't good, but because we're old. One bottle's probably enough for us at this point. Yeah. We couldn't handle the Honey Beast. But it was the season finale. We had to celebrate. Yeah. But yeah, they have a variety of high-quality wines for any budget, vegan, keto, low-sugar options if you're old like us and want to avoid hangovers. Something for everyone. So if you want to drink wine with us, through our partnership with Wink, you can get four bottles of wine for just $29.95 plus free shipping. That is a very good deal for four bottles of wine. Get it for good wine? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just like, oh, this is the $7 wine from the liquor store. It's like good wines that are reduced cost. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed this wine. I feel like I, I liked it. Like I don't feel bad talking about it and promoting it because it no. was good. And you, the wine we got might not be what you get. We don't know your mouths. Yeah. You might have weird mouths. Like Milo's mouth opens to the side. Yeah, that probably has little to do with your flavor profile. That wasn't a question. <laughs> Does your mouth have a preference for sides? <laughs> no. But you can take the quiz for your mouth and order your wine using the link in our show notes. It's trywink.com slash Gilmore Slayer. That's wink, W-I-N-C. Or use promo code Gilmore Slayer at checkout. Other than the time we drank too much, it, it's been great for us. It's fun to get every month. Yeah. But yeah, let us know what wines you get and how you like them. We Tell wanna... us about your mouths. <laughs> we wanted to try what you're drinking and learn more about your mouths. We got wine today, and as soon as you opened it, like the second you took the wine out, our cat Kurt just like immediately jumps in the box. Yeah, it's like a tall vertical box the size of wine bottles, four, came in it. And he was like waiting for me to tip it on the side. <laughs> just like sprinting. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it out. Take it out. We also got some five-star reviews, Brian. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so I didn't realize that we weren't seeing ones from other countries. Oh, yeah, you said that. Yeah, like if you look on Apple Podcasts, you can see our reviews, but they're apparently just the ones from the United States. I get emails from the service called like Chartable, but on that website, you can see all of them and we've missed some. So thank you so much to Pataposa and Cecil.Hutch, both from Australia, and also to Christy KV from Canada all the way back in May. Did not see it. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah. We were just like radio silent on that. Sorry, guys. Yeah. uh, So I'll try to keep an eye on that website and mention these international reviews in the future. But we also have some American listeners to thank for their five-star reviews. Thank you so much to Broadway Babe 0824 Rory Never Actually Eats Anything. Wait, that was their name? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Scrogology, MJ Matthews, and Cooey Old? Cooey Old. Cooey Old. Thank you so much. We don't have any neighbor news right now, but I did consolidate our cat trees. So I have three cat trees, all of which were gotten off of Craigslist at various points. And they were sort of all together, and I decided to just make them one. So now we have one mega cat tree. I'm very proud of it. It's nice. I mean, it's it's gigantic. It's too much. It's ridiculous. If you came over, you'd be like, whoa, these people love their single cat too much. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. But uh, I, he likes it. I wanted to give him space. We got the drill out and I decided to just like make it work. Dirty. I'm just being Lorelai. The mention of drill. Yeah. Speaking of Lorelai, what's she up to? Oh. <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. Okay, Ryan, tell us what happened on Those Are Strings, Pinocchio. Okay, so this episode is all about Rory's graduation and also a little bit about the inn. Mm-hmm. The episode opens with Lorelai and Rory walking into the town troubadour. They just sort of like bump into them. Uh, they're headed to Luke's and testing out their brand new backpacks for their post-graduation hiking trip through Europe, which they've been teasing all season. It's nice to see the troubadour again. Glad he's back. I thought you didn't like him. No, he's the best. Okay. I don't like him. Um, 
When they get to Luke's, Luke mentions that he's going on like a big trip, including a cruise with his girlfriend, Nicole. Mm. And then Lorelai and Rory both tease him about how that's going to be romantic and maybe he should or would propose. And Luke's all like, oh, I hadn't really thought about that. It's, oh, it's not going to be that romantic. But I feel like that's uh, just something he hadn't thought about and he's going to have to think about it. And then they just like leave their stuff at Luke's? Yeah, once again, just like, fuck you, Luke. Here's all your stuff. Then, after they were just mean to Luke, we cut to Luke examining the dragonfly in. It was a weird juxtaposition of, like, Lorelai being obnoxious to Luke. Yeah, and then, like, thank you for doing us this favor. <laughs> yeah, he and Kirk are both looking over the dragonfly. He tells Lorelai and Suki that there's not much that actually needs to be repaired. Like, there's some stuff that needs to be done, but it definitely isn't a money pit. And they actually probably are kind of getting a really good deal on it. Like, this might be a good investment, and they might be able to open the inn in, like, five or six months. Also, Kirk is deathly afraid of rats. Mice? You're right, mice. And mold. Meanwhile, at Chilton, uh, the Chilton students are recording short videos for what? Is it for graduation? It is unclear what this is. Yeah, I don't know what... Like, I rewatched the scene, and I was like, I still am not sure what this is. I think this is just a guess that these are, like, videos they're going to play during graduation. Maybe, but they each have like two minutes. That's a lot. Well, I don't know that it's every student that gets to do it. It might just be student government. That's true. Because they're not like seniors of 2004 or something. They're talking to this, their own class and their own faculty. It's just weird. And they're just like, while this is happening, they're all super rude to the student who's filming. They just keep calling him the AV geek to he his face. He seems to have accepted it. I know. It's still like, just, you don't need to call. Also, I feel like nowadays anyone could do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's a camera. They're not actually difficult to operate. It kind of reminds me of that Save by the Bell episode where they do like a video yearbook. Like that's a revolutionary idea. I mean, it is. Nobody does that. But like, right. we know they have a physical yearbook, so I don't think this is that. Yeah. And it's already, it's like graduation. Like there's not time to do something with this. Let us know if you know what this is, because we don't relate. During the scene, Paris asks Rory about her valedictorian speech and assures her that she's okay with Rory beating her for valedictorian. Especially because statistically, lots of valedictorians tend to die in horrible ways, which of course Paris then lists for her. <laughs> Classic Paris. But there's no hard feelings, I think is the point. And they just generally don't do well in life, it seems. Right. At the end, Emily calls Lorelai to ask if they're going to be sitting together at Rory's graduation because Emily's the worst. Is she being sincere at all with this question? Or is it more like a dig, like, remember, we're fighting? Or is it like, hey, we're fighting, are we sitting together? Like, I don't know. I think it was meant to be sincere, but then Lorelai's like, of course we are, we're family. And then Emily's like, I know, but I thought maybe you'd forgotten. I feel like that was the dig. Yeah. They're also calling because Emily and Richard want to ask if they can buy Rory a car for graduation. Lorelai said it's fine. In fact, since it'll allow Rory to get to and from Yale faster, it sort of serves as like a present to Lorelai too because she gets to see her daughter more. And then Richard and Emily seem to like be a little upset that their gift is like benefiting Lorelai a little bit. They seem a lot upset. Yeah, honestly, it was like, you guys are upset that your gift helps your daughter out a little bit? Like, she's going to enjoy it? I mean, that's, oh, I hated them so much in this episode. I do think this scene was funny, though, when Richard came down. Mm -hmm. Because first Emily calls, and he realized Richard's on the second line. He's like... I'm coming down the stairs. I see your mother now. Hello, Emily. Hello, Richard. Yeah. Actually, I think, like, Richard's pretty funny this whole episode. Yeah, he is. But this this scene was like, God, you guys are so petty and shitty. While this is happening, the inn literally has one guest at the moment. It's just one dude. And it's kind of funny because, like, Michelle doesn't want to collect the dirty towels because he knows exactly who used them. Yeah. Sugi has nothing to do because there's no kitchen. Yeah. 
But the lack of guests is also a problem because they're not making money. The owner's son is, like, checking out the place with some, like, contractors or something. And he lets Lorelai know that they're probably going to have to sell the inn because fixing things would just be too expensive after the fire. Cut to, immediately, Suki's house, where Lorelai has brought champagne and they're going to celebrate something mysterious. And that thing is, well, the inn is closed, off screen. Yay! And none of them have jobs. Well, Jackson still has clients, but he just lost a huge client for his vegetable sales. This seems kind of fun. I don't know. This seems weird. It is weird. But I don't know. I thought they had, like, fun lines and stuff. They basically just keep saying everything negative in a positive way. Yes. It's like a let's act happy through sad news scene. Because there's also the revelation now that Lorelai says she can't afford to pay her portion uh, for the Dragonfly's down payment because she no longer has an income. And she's got to pay for Yale. Okay, so later that night, Taylor Dozy is giving, like, a boring-ass speech. And we know it's boring because, like, 60 people have fallen asleep. Like, yeah. He asks them a question, and they're all not awake or paying attention. It's a town meeting, specifically. He's not just, like, giving a speech in the square. Right, right. I think Luke says something like, it's the first time 60 people have lost their train of thought at the same time. Yeah. His big announcement tonight, though, is that there are too many deer in the town, and they need to kill a bunch of them. And damn it, he might be right. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to side with Taylor Dosey, all right? Never. But it's clear deer in this town have been a problem since season one. Or at least somewhere between here and Chilton. That's true. A deer ran into Rory's car. That's it. Jess supposedly swerved to, like, not hit something. Probably was a deer. Could have been a deer. Kirk suggests they release wolves. Yeah. <laughs> Kirk's like, we'll just release some wolves, and then well, then we got a wolf problem. But he probably just looking for a job, and he's going to keep adding animals so there's one he can deal with. Well- <laughs> He was looking for a job. Yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> this whole time we're like, why is Dean at this meeting? Yeah, Dean's job right now is to like hand Dosi props. I guess he like cleans up afterwards too. But Dosi's hired him so that he can make some extra money for the wedding. And Kirk's like, how much is he paying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, someone says that he's getting paid for it. He's like, how much? Uh, I do want to point out, though, that Dosi does something shitty. Like, of course, the real reason he wants to get rid of the deer is because they're eating his, like, vegetables from his garden yeah. and stuff. And they point that out, and everyone's just like, okay, we're leaving, whatever. Patty just quickly ends the meeting. Yeah. It's funny that you that, that scene happened, because a little bit later, when Dean explains that he's doing this extra work, he says that Taylor's a good guy, and Rory agrees with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I'm like, is he, though? I don't think he's a sociopath, but... So after the meeting, Rory shows up. Lane, who's still mega grounded, hands her a giant bag of all of her prom photos. Uh, and there's a lot, like, of every bite she took of her, like, prom dinner. So we don't see prom, Brian. Yeah, it's, like, cute, but it's also, like, bittersweet. It just, like, reminds us that, like, Rory didn't get to go to prom, which was, like, her big thing. But also, like, there's something about us not seeing prom that sort of, like, resonates. So, like, Rory, we didn't get to see this event, but it did happen, and it was magical. Oh, yeah. But just like Rory, we were, like, robbed of that. Yeah. By Jess. Uh, well, anyway, she tries to make nice with Dean. Uh, he's still clearly a bit miffed about how she handled his proposal news. But Rory breaks the ice by giving him some wedding day advice. She said she learned a lot of stuff when she would attend or see weddings at the inn that her mom hosted. So she said stuff like, make sure that you don't give the uh, ring bearer the ring until right before the wedding, especially if they're a child, because they'll lose it. And he's like, oh, that's good advice. They'll eat it. Yeah. And she also gives him a catalog to pick out a wedding present for her to buy them. They act like this is such a great gift. It's like, no, she's just, like, showing you things you could have. Yeah, I know. He's like, wow, there's, like, so many things in here. Also, she recommends the mixing bowls. For what, Rory? Eating cereal out of? You don't mix anything. I mean, that is the kind of shit she eats cereal out of, though. So they're great for cereal, for, like, one bite of cereal, one bite of mac and cheese. It's like a weird, she's like, those are so great. Like, you don't, you haven't mixed a thing in your life. (laughs) 
Well, anyway, it's a nice scene, and they sort of clearly patch things up. Yeah. And she's obviously being like, hey, I support your wedding. Olive branch extended. Yeah. By Dean. By Dean? Well, that's a wrap on Dean for this season. Oh, I thought you meant he was the one extending the olive branch. Oh, no, no, no. And I was like, I think you're confused about how olive branches work. You take them away from people, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's how you know that you're not fighting anymore. Then we jump ahead to the Gilmore Girl house, where Lorelai is putting the finishing touches on the dress she's making for Rory's graduation. I like it. Yeah, it's a really cute dress. It looks nice. I mean, they've set up that Lorelai can make nice dresses. Mm-hmm. This um, won't be the last time she makes garments. Sugi mentions that she's got an interview at another inn where she'd be working like four days a week and accidentally lets it slip that they aren't going to be buying the dragonfly uh, in front of Rory. So Rory suggests that they could just like scrimp like champions to save money and they'll make it work. So Lorelai has to like sit her down and finally tell her that the check from Richard took them out of the running for financial aid. But she also says that there is money left, which we were kind of confused about before. Because like when financial aid called in the last episode, Lorelai told them... Yeah. That that money was gone. Yeah. So she must still have some of it, which, like, does then maybe legit put her out of the running. Right. So she shouldn't be, like, surprised by that necessarily. Agreed. You have that money. Just because it's dedicated to something you want doesn't mean Yale has to listen to you. Rory insists that she can take out a loan or she could change her major to something that, like, will pay back the loan fast. But Lorelai, like, refuses to saddle her with all that debt and, like, doesn't want her to change her major. She wants her to be a journalist who can work a garbage-paying job for a little while while she, like, you know, makes inroads in her business. The money that is from Richard she wants to use for Yale. Yes, instead of for the dragonfly. And Rory's like, no, no. I do think, as someone who paid back loans, like, yes, ideally you don't want loans. And if I'm being real, like, I'm just sort of also surprised that, like, Rory didn't apply for any grants. She should have scholarships. I mean, she has that, like, tiny one they said, but... Right. Or the scholarship. She's valedictorian. I'm pretty sure in Wisconsin, the valedictorian gets a free ride to any school in state. Yeah. Maybe that's just, like, public schools? I understand that a free ride at Yale, that's a, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. Right. But she should be getting some scholarships, you think. you think, think a, a valedictorian from, like, a prestigious prep school would be getting some free money. Absolutely. So that's a little, like, confusing. And I would be like, well, Rory earned it. But also, like, the idea of, like, taking out student loans is like, I mean, that's just part of going to college. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, ideally, we all shouldn't have to pay student loans because they're crazy expensive. But I did. I did, too. The next day, Lorelai and Rory argue about having too much luggage for Europe. Rory is bringing 12 books, which seems like, you know, a lot of books. I feel like max books you need are six. Lorelai is bringing three toothpastes, which is really dumb. You can still buy toothpaste in Europe. They're both being ridiculous. Yeah. Probably Lorelai's is almost more ridiculous, but you spent the first scene complaining about how heavy these bags are. You can't take 12 books. Also, like, part of, like, going on a trip like that is experiencing it. Yeah, you can, like, pick up books there. Yeah. Buy a book and then just leave it somewhere. Yeah, some people, like, at a hostel, like, they'll appreciate that, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's money you gotta spend, but I feel like 12 books is ridiculous. Yeah. This scene's kind of silly, especially because then we just cut to Emily and Richards. Rory arrives unexpectedly and in a hurry. Rory apologizes for bothering them, and Richard says, No problem. I was just retying my tie for the third time. No matter how many times you tie a tie, there's always room for error. What the fuck? Well, then he says it's not exact science or an art form. It's almost like he is improvising these lines. (laughs) It's pretty much nothing. It's nothing. Anyway, we needed to fill this scene with dialogue until we sat down. Rory wants to propose a deal. They loan her the money for Yale, and then she will pay them back during and after school and reinstate Friday night dinners with Rory specifically. Richard wants to bargain a little bit, though. He counteroffers that she cannot pay it back until a few years after graduation, and there'll be no interest. Well, first he says he wants to straight up pay for it. And she's right. like, no, no, I would take that deal. Yeah, especially, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. 
But I get why she wouldn't want to. She comes from her mother. Right. Richard and Emily are so excited about this. They are very happy. They ask Rory if Lorelai knows that she's here right now. And she's like, no, my mom doesn't know. And you can just like see Emily's face like a like the Cheshire cat. She's very pleased. She's like at a bread and breakfast? <laughs> then we get to the big game. That's, if you guys don't know, in like terminology, it's just like, oh, the big event of the episode or the movie. In terminology? In term terminology, the term... <laughs> I was going to say improv terminology, and then I just didn't say the word at all. Right. In, you know, language. In words. <laughs> at the ascension. So, <laughs> so it's crazy that the headmaster's also ascending uh, during this episode. <laughs> so at the graduation, we have, like, a few running comedy bits. One of the bits is that Suki is constantly having to, like, squish past all the people in their, like, row of chairs over and over again to get photos, or she forgot something. Another running bit is for all the men like Luke and Jackson and eventually Richard are constantly talking about the construction and cost of impressive buildings like the school. And insurance costs. It's funny because Laura like calls them out like, oh, men always do that. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, this is funny. But like you didn't have a problem when like Luke was doing that for you at the Dragonfly Inn and assessing how much things were going to cost. That's true. Like you were very demanding of him in that scene. It's also funny because she like pre-labels that that's what they're probably doing. And then that's literally... Really the only thing they talk about like the entire time. No, and it's funny, especially when Richard chimes in later. He's <laughs> like, well, the insurance isn't bad, but the deductible. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah, it was super funny. Also, Paris's like surrogate family is there. Not her actual parents, but like her maid. Yeah, her nanny and her yeah. kids. Yeah, it's actually very sweet because like obviously Paris's relationship with her parents is like non-existent or very superficial or yeah. cold. But this seemed like very warm, like they genuinely cared about her. Mm-hmm. And she seemed like happy and reciprocated that with them. It wasn't just like, a, that's my nanny, whatever. It's like, no, I care about my nanny. I don't know what she said because I think it's Portuguese, but she like told the little boy he looked like Antonio Banderas, I think. Yeah, something like that. It was nice. So Lorelai's like bragging to some other students that she's the valedictorian's mother, but then Rory grabs her to go tell her the good news, you know, that Christ is risen. Uh, no, the other good news. <laughs> Christ is risen. The headmaster's ascending. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on right now, Mom. No, she goes to tell her the good news that she can put a bid on the dragonfly because she made this deal with Emily and Richard. And Lorelai's all like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's some strings here, Pinocchio. That's uh, the title. Yeah. Rory insists that there's no strings on Lorelai specifically because, you know, she's the one that's going to Friday night dinners. But Lorelai points out that they're still manipulating Rory to manipulate her. Lorelai will come to Friday night dinners to spend time with her daughter, which turns out to be true. Yeah. Rory, like, insists no. It's a win-win for everyone. And Lorelai is kind of selfish in the scene, seemingly, because she's like, no, I just wanted a time where we win and they get nothing. Yeah, I know. It was like a very honest moment. And Rory actually says, well, we'll see if we can arrange that for some time. <laughs> I know it's like a selfish moment, but like her parents do suck and she's mad at them. Yeah, I mean, I feel like at the end of the episode, this moment is justified. Yeah, I agreed. When Lorelai walks back out, she immediately notices that Emily and Richard are sitting by themselves, so she asks them why, and Emily's all like, we weren't sure if the whole seating issue had been resolved. Oh my god, I hate them in this episode. <laughs> and Richard's all like, yeah, it wasn't crystal clear. It's like, it was, though. Uh, it was super crystal clear. And then this, like, they do this again, like, a little bit later. They, like, move them over. They, they keep resisting. Yeah, they sit, like, one seat down, just in case they aren't allowed to sit by them. Yeah, and when they are asking Lorelai, like, if she's sure, she, like, growls at them, which <laughs> She's walking around, she's like, they're like, okay. They are leaving an open chair, but it's not for Christopher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that for a second, right? Right. They mentioned that, like, Christopher isn't there, and Lorelai acts like it's no big deal. 
like, oh, we're just taking photos for him. He's really excited. He's sorry he can't be here. But I'm like, it's a big deal he's not there. And it doesn't make sense. I'm guessing they maybe just couldn't get the actor. Because this is, up until this point in her life, this is the biggest day in Rory's life. Yeah. I mean, it's possible they're trying to make some kind of statement with this. Um, and it does, I think, get brought up again that he wasn't there. Yeah. But I th- I feel like they maybe just couldn't get the actor. Right. I understand that that's just like a scheduling thing. Then you got to write around it. Right. But just from a purely like story point of view, like it doesn't make sense to me that Christopher's not there. Yeah. Like maybe have him call or something. Just shoot a quick scene with him on the phone. It, yeah. It feels shitty that he's not there. But also, why isn't Trix there? Um, she might be in London. No, she lives here, and Emily specifically said she was going to be there. Yeah, Max was supposed to be there too, remember? No, Max is going to be there? Well, yeah, Lorelai's like, we'll keep running into each other. You'll be at the graduation. Uh, that's right. Maybe he's with Trix. Maybe he's tracksuit. Maybe Max is tracksuit. Yeah, we never really get any answer about who tracksuit is. I think it's clearly a much older man than Max. We see his side. Max is very smart. You don't think he can come up with a real good costume? <laughs> Then was it a real good costume? This is a real good costume. It's a tracksuit and this face. I like that fan theory. But uh, Emily mentioned in the episode where she insisted on meeting Jess that she'll like, well, I'll introduce Jess to Grandma at graduation. Yeah. They all had movie deals or something, I guess. And we know why Chris's parents aren't there because they hate Rory. Oh, yeah, for sure. Then we get a few snippets of speeches. Paris does the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, apparently she objects to some of the parts. She's going to use air quotes. Brad sings some Broadway stuff. Uh, no one appreciates that at all. We were very confused about why Brad was speaking at all. Yeah. But then we found some deleted scenes on YouTube. Oh, yes. Which we can talk about more later. But there's a few different scenes. And one is kind of like pre-graduation, a bunch of the students saying stuff. And one is Brad specifically being like, I'm the salutatorian and you're the valedictorian. <laughs> like, that would have justified that. And it was kind of a funny scene. I forgot what salutatorian means. It's like the second best oh. grade point average, whatever, however the school does it. But also there's a really funny Matt and Louise scene that got cut mm-hmm. where Louise is like oh my god all of the women my dad ever married came and Madeline's like which one's your mom she's like Dolores yeah Dolores <laughs> <laughs> she's not sure finally Roy takes the stage and gives her valedictorian speech so right before her speech or as she's starting like the whole Gilmore crowd is all like we're not gonna cry everyone's gonna be fine um they don't make it obviously a few minutes into her speech everyone's just blubbering including Luke the speech is nice. Like, I like it. And she, like, you know, says some nice stuff about her grandparents. But she, like, really goes out of her way to, like, talk about how much she appreciates her mom and how much she wants to be like her mom and how much her mom has influenced her for the better. And so that's really sweet. I mean, like I said, they were all crying. Some of the people watching the episode might have gotten teary-eyed. Yeah. I mean, we both did. It's so nice. I was having male wine, okay? <laughs> You mean wine wine that's been mailed to us? He was having his mouth is male, mine's female, so we got him (laughs) some special for boys. So I got I got male wine. She got female wine. You can tell by the coloration. And one has a dick. It's weird. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Richard and Emily reacting to the speech was very sweet. It kind of reminded me of Lorelai's graduation where they're both like trying not to cry. Right. It was nice. It was nice. And when Roy's getting her diploma, it's funny because Richard and Emily are both like marveling how solemn and like a Gilmore she looks. But then as soon as she like graduates and flips her tassel, she does like a funny face and sticks her tongue out at her mom. Mm -hmm. And Emily like hates it. I think the making the face thing, though, I think that was a kind of just to show us that, like, yes, she is a Gilmore, but she's her mom's daughter, not mm. her grandparents' granddaughter. Yeah. Also, when Paris gets her diploma, she says to the headmaster, no hard feelings. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. 
During all of this time, Lorelai finds out that she her bid got accepted. She gets the in. So she like writes it on a board and flashes it to Rory. And everyone's excited. It's just like a happy everyone. It's a win, 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 win for everybody this episode. This is why Sugi keeps leaving. She's like calling and stuff and taking photos. Yeah, yeah. But also something I want to point out here. It's kind of a weird thing that they've been setting up all season. Lorelai asked for a pen oh, yeah. so she can write the message to Rory. And she demands Luke give her his pen. He's like, you got to stop assuming I have a pen. And that happened in the Poe episode. She was looking for a pen at the Poe reading. And Nicole ended up giving her one. But then Richard's like, never be without a pen. And also in the episode where he gave Lorelai the check, she asked if he had a pen. He said he did. I just thought that was all kind of fun callbacks. Yeah, Seemingly about a stupid thing. Season four is all about pen ownership. Mm-hmm. Will Rory remember to have a pen? <laughs> she doesn't. Like, really gets into trouble. Uh, there's also, like, a funny mistake here. Oh, yeah. There's a scene where uh, where they're all in a row where Emily is sitting right next to Lorelai. And they've actually made a big deal about her sitting next to Lorelai. But then they cut to a shot that's sort of like a close-up of Lorelai talking to uh, Suki, I think. And you can still see part of the chair that Emily should be sitting in, and she's just not. Yeah, she's just, like, not there when she absolutely was there in that same shot. And, like, the previous time they showed that same shot. And they cut away, and when they come back, she's there. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, you just teleported back? Like, what happened? I know, because we were like, okay, they were having issues with seating. Right. Like, maybe she got up. Oh, right. No, no, she just didn't feel like being in that shot. <laughs> After graduation, Luke mentions to Lorelai that he probably isn't going to go on that trip with Nicole. Lorelai, like, feels guilty about it because she thinks her teasing made him rethink it. He's worried that this trip, like, suggests commitment too much, and he doesn't want to lead her on. This is all kind of weird. I feel like this whole interaction is weird because, as I mentioned, I don't really understand Luke's feelings towards Nicole. It's just this, like, Luke just doesn't like having long-term relationships in general. God, it feels like Luke wants to be with Lorelai, right. and he's just being with Nicole because he can't. Right, that's the other thing. Like, so is he in these other relationships because, like, it's just nice to have somebody, but, like, at the end of the day, I'm not going to be with them forever? Yeah, I think that's how he maybe looks at it. Yeah, maybe that it—I feel like it's just never explicitly said. And no, then, but mm. they both clearly have moments where they're uncomfortable when anything yes. is mentioned about the other person dating someone. Oh, agreed. And he's maybe aware of that and just trying to give her the option to give him an out right now. Sure. I, I mean, it's it's this this whole interaction is sort of bizarre feeling. Well, he's like, you think that's okay that I'm going considering everything? Yeah. She kind of acts like she doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. But also, like, when he says everything, like, what, what, man? Nothing this season has really been indicative that you guys are going to date other than no. her dream. Yeah, they haven't had any real romance this season. Exactly. I feel like there's maybe been that question in the past. Oh, yeah, for sure. There was that whole, like, they talked about being just friends. I think that was season two. Mm-hmm. And if we had had scenes like that, I might be like, oh, okay. But there's been, like, nothing. There was a night she spent in his house where she said she had a dream about him, but, like, didn't indicate that dream meant anything. Didn't he kind of ask her out once, too? And then they got, like, interrupted. He's like, maybe we could, like, do... It was barely. He was like, maybe we yeah, could you do might this be right. sometime. Yeah, but also, she's, like, currently in a relationship with another guy. Is she? Alex. Is she? And, like, kissing teachers in between. She's got a lot going on. Does she? I agree that she's not, like, serious. But she was been dating Alex seriously for a while. Yeah. And then she, like, started hooking up with Max Medina for a hot minute. Real hot minute. Yeah. So hot he wouldn't even come to graduation. <laughs> she's all like, no, I think you should do it. Like, I want you to. So he's like, all right, I think I will then. I like when he says goodbye to Rory. She's like, thanks for coming. And he's like, yeah, of course. The building's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was... And then he says, so are you. That was really sweet. Yeah. It, it is maybe weird that he came, but. Uh, he's almost like part of the family. Really. Yeah, yeah. 
Rory and Paris also share a moment where they acknowledge their like rocky relationship, especially this season. But then they have like a really good consensual hug. Yeah, they basically say I love you, but they say most of the time I really hated you. Yeah, and they're like, yep, me too. Uh-huh. I said consensual because like an episode or two ago, Lorelai like forced a hug onto Paris. It was super weird. Oh, yes. Paris wanted this hug. And then Richard and Emily show Rory her present. Richard gestures to the parking lot and says, it's the one with a bow. And then we see that there's like nine cars with bows. Maybe more than that. It's a lot of cars. Like, it's just filled with cars with bows, which is pretty funny because like, oh, yeah, it's a rich high school. That uh-huh. makes sense. He's like, that was the only one when I drove it up. <laughs> there's a moment here where Emily seems like genuinely nice. She says like she's very happy for Rory. She's especially happy, I think, because Rory's like hugging them a bunch and like thanking them so much for the car. She's clearly excited about the gift. Richard thanks her for the speech. That was cute. Yeah. Uh, but Emily says to Rory, she says, enjoy your trip to Europe. And then turns to Lorelai. She's like, the both of you. Oh. But then oh. she's like, when do you guys get back? And then looks at Lorelai and says, we'll see you that Friday for dinner. Oh, Emily. Oh, those are them strings, baby. Those are them strings, baby. I feel like this scene really showcased that Emily is like a bit of a villain. It'd be one thing if she said to Rory like, well, I can't wait to see you that Friday when you get back, and, you know, it'd be nice if you came too, Lorelai, or I hope to see you there too, Lorelai. She just says, like, she knows you're going to be there, Lorelai. Yeah, it was really spiteful. She could have just said what you said, you know, and that would have been like, whoa, look, I can be nice. I know you'll probably come, but, like, here's a normal human way to say that. Yeah, but instead it was this, like, twisting the screws, like, I have power over you. Not like, oh, we all kind of know I have power over you because you love your daughter and, like, whatever. It's just like, no, I have power. I wield it. This is a nice day for you. I'm going to make it a little shitty. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is sort of a mean moment. A lot of times I understand why Emily is the way she is. Right. But that is, like, a bit evil. Well, the show does this, like, dance, right? Where it's like, oh, now we understand why Emily and Richard act this way, and they're people too. And And Lorelai has hurt them. Yeah, and then, like, you're like, oh, I feel bad for them. And then, like, three episodes later, it's like, well, actually, Emily's got some real psychopathic tendencies. And I get why Lorelai would hurt them. (laughs) Yeah, like, I want to hurt them. Rory gets a phone call, and the person hangs up. And Lorelai's like, oh, you've been getting a lot of that lately. Which is weird that they haven't, like, foreshadowed that. Yeah, yeah, they should have maybe had one or two of those earlier. One. Yeah, even just one. Lorelai's like, that's been happening a lot. It's like, has it? Off screen? She gets a call again, so she sort of just runs off, and she knows it's Jess. And she just sort of tells Jess off a little bit. We don't know it's Jess until the end. Right, but she assumes it's Jess. Did you assume it was Jess? Yes, 100%. I mean, who else is it going to be? Christopher? (laughs) I can't be there. I'm just going to call and be quiet. Max Medina? Tristan? It could be Tristan. She pretty much just tells Jess how she feels. You know, she's like, you were wrong. It was wrong of you to leave again without telling me. You know, you took me away from prom. She's going to move on. She thinks she might have loved him, but she's going to let it go. And this was like really sad for me because it was like, I don't know, like Rory knows it's not worth it to like play this game anymore with him. Yeah. And she's just being honest, I think, with herself too here. Yeah. Um, I thought she acted pretty well, too. Like, when she said that she felt like she thought she loved him, she kind of teared up a bit, and that felt, like, good and real. Yeah, and she she did that Rory thing where, I mean, not that we're not all selfish at some points, where she does want the best for everybody, generally. Mm -hmm. She was like, you know, I want things to be good for you, too. And when she hangs up, we see that it's Jess, obviously, on a payphone. He's just like his dad. He's, like, chickened out, and he's also unable to face responsibility for his own actions. Then he walks back to Wayward Circle. Yeah, and he's like, I'm going to start my spinoff. Tune in next season when you're definitely coming back. Yeah, that's interesting, though, because Buffy does sort of end in a similar silent goodbye. Yeah. 
Oh, weird. I didn't even think of that. Then Lorelai tells Rory that she wants to do one more thing before they go. And then we get this weird, like, editing. It's intentionally weird. Where we then cut to what seems like Lorelai stopping at Luke's on the way home from graduation. There's even an off-camera, like, dialogue where she's like, oh, I just want to make one stop before we go home. Lorelai walks into Luke's, walks up to him and says, hey, don't get engaged. Just just don't get engaged. And then Luke wakes up. That was a dream. Well, first she leaves after saying that. Like yes. He's like, what? What do you mean? Then he wakes up. And he's like, what? That was a dream. Which is a fun bookend and callback to season, this to one. the first episode of this season. Where, obviously, Lorelai had that dream about having kids in a relationship with Luke. Mm, yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's a good point. Are you serious? Didn't think of that? No. Oh, I thought that was 100% intentional. Mm, maybe. I you're, you're smart, too. You could be right. <laughs> I don't think of everything. I just feel like this. They it would have been nice if they ended with this. They don't. Uh, but that was kind of cool. He's all like, wait, what? I was just sitting there and drinking my wine with a dick in it. I don't know if I was supposed to. If that was your wine <laughs> wait, or mine. Wait, that's my wine. <laughs> oh, shit. I have the male wine. So the male one has the dick in it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Was I drinking the female wine? No. We don't know which one's which. We're new. Oh, my God. We have similar palates. Yeah. We cut back then to the real situation, which is Lorelai wanting Rory to carve her name into something at the school. Rory doesn't want to do that. But right before they leave, Lorelai says, like, hey, take a minute, Rory, and, like, just, like, take in the school for a second. And notice that it doesn't seem that scary anymore, does it? It's kind of a nice, poignant thing. But that's the end of the episode. It is a nice, poignant episode ending where it's like, huh, like, it's not so scary anymore, huh? That's great. But, like, then we could have done the Luke thing. It was weird to, like, cut to Luke and then cut back to this. Especially since the show opened on a dream, it would have been great to just close it on a dream. Mm-hmm. But it was still it was still nice and, like, a nice sentiment there at the end. That would have been a nice ending. Um, But then it makes it feel like season four is going to be about Luke and Lorelai. Get ready. Where I feel like ending it with Lorelai and Rory is maybe a bit more true to the show. Like, this is their show. Sure. And I know Luke's a major character, but, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's a little more fitting to end it on them in general. It always does, right? How? Do, yeah, season one ended with them jumping up and down. Season two ended with them sadly walking down the aisle at Suki's wedding. Yeah, this is such a departure from the tone of season two's ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, like, so much more upbeat and, like, win, 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 win. Like, oh, we're still going to have some issues next season with Grandma, but... Season four... For, I don't exactly remember the ending ending of the episode. It's a great season finale. Some stuff happens. But like, yeah, I can't remember which tone specifically it ends on. I want to say it's down, though. Hmm. Spoilers. You won't remember. Um, I have something to say about the, the ending. Okay. I also want to talk about the deleted scene, too. That's what I want to talk about. Oh, great. So there's a deleted scene for what I'm guessing is maybe an alternate ending to them walking through Chilton. Because they're both sort of a similar vibe where Mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. like walking through an empty space reminiscing. And I wonder if that was the original script. The alternate ending is them walking through the empty inn, talking about how sad it's going to be to leave that place. Intercut with scenes of, this is on YouTube, you should watch it. I'll link it. Intercut with scenes of the actress that played young Lorelai in that other episode with a young Rory. Mm -hmm. Like when Lorelai's a maid at this inn and Rory's young and they're still living at the inn and they keep talking about like, oh, we're going to have our own place someday. It's cute, but I don't like it. I think it's weird. See, I think we disagreed, right? We did. I understand that the acting maybe isn't great in this scene. or something. There was something about it that was... I think I'm in the minority, but I really like the young yeah. Lorelai actress. But in this deleted scene, she felt so silted. It felt like a bad play. Yeah. She's just like, okay, Rory, that sounds great. It's just, it's really bad. And I think the time between when the past and present versions are talking is like too long. Like it's weirdly edited. Yeah. It feels like too spaced out. Also, 
that would have been great if the episode had ended with them like at the burnt inn being like, goodbye, we're going to a new place next season. I think I would have preferred it ending at the inn. I don't like the scene that was shot. I think it's bad. Yeah. But I think that would have, if that was a good scene, would have been a better ending than them ending at Chilton. The inn seems like way a bigger character in the show than Chilton. Yeah. For Lorelai and Rory. I liked these scenes. With this deleted montage. I like it in theory, but I think it just was badly shot and edited. I agree with all that, but I just felt like the tone and the feeling was good. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it kind of didn't fit as an ending because they're at Chilton. But it could have gone, let's go home, the Luke scene, and then the inn ending. Yeah, that's true. Like, Lorelai's like, we got to do one more thing. That could be saying goodbye to the inn. I mean, that's kind of silly, though, because they could go to the inn whenever. It could be them with their backpacking shit on, leaving for the airport, and they stop at the inn. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I think that would be better just because I, I Lorelai and Rory barely spent any scenes together at Chilton. Like it was important to Rory, but like we don't know this room that they're standing in. Yeah. Like the stairway that they're in. I, I don't know that we ever saw that. Yeah, maybe we did when she had her boots. Yeah, maybe. Maybe early on. But I don't know. The inn was just like something we saw every episode. So Stacy, yeah. do you think it was a good episode? I do. Yeah. I think it was really good. It was good. Um, the graduation was very emotional. It was very funny. Tons of funny jokes. We talked about the last scene. Maybe could have been better. But I think what was shown was fine. Mm-hmm. The only scene I maybe didn't really like was the f- opening scene where they were complaining about their backpacks. I honestly think that scene was just to remind us that they're going to do that. That they're yeah. going to go on a trip. Because it didn't serve any purpose and it wasn't that funny, really. Right. They just seemed, they came across as bad and whiny. But pretty much everything else I thought was very funny and compelling and the acting was good. And even though Richard and Emily are maybe evil, they're good actors and I enjoyed the scenes with them. And it was emotional and I'm excited to see what happens next. What did you think? Did you like it? Yeah, it was nice. It was nice to end on an up note. Not that every season has to. That's obviously not the case. But it was nice since we had a sad season ending last time. It's nice to have like a hopeful one. Yeah, I I thought it was really good. I was like happy the whole time. It, it was uh, it was happy. It was funny. It wasn't the funniest Gilmore Girl ever, episode ever. It wasn't the most emotional Gilmore Girl episode ever. I thought it was one of the more emotional Gilmore Girl episodes. Uh, it didn't have like those those like dinner fights, right? But the graduation speech was very emotional. Totally agree with you, hundred percent. And the graduation <laughs> insurance jokes were very funny. I mean, God damn it, we're talking about a serious thing right now. Our super is doing his daily trash removal. I, honestly, he just like throws bricks. To, I don't know. It's the loudest thing. I don't know what he does. <laughs> it's louder than usual. It's like there's a giant outside sweeping up. He hates both of these shows. <laughs> yeah. And the trash is just full of wine bottles now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The penis is sticking out of them. Mm-hmm. And boobs. My wine has boobs on it. And a dick. <laughs> yeah. Complex. They know my mouth. <laughs> your, your mind is complex. It's got tannins, too, so you know it's good. You have no idea what tannins are. No. Neither do I. This episode's sponsored by wine, guys. Should we move on? I think we should. Okay. And now for a special segment we like to call Meanwhile Uncharmed. Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us has seen. But we're discussing it anyway. Based only on its IMDb summaries. Brian. What happened on the season finale of season three of Charmed? Meanwhile, on Charmed season three, episode 22, all hell breaks loose. Prue and Piper bring a doctor to the manor to protect him from a powerful demonic assassin named Shax. I already have questions. Shax? Okay. Who was sent by the source. When Shax breaks into the manor, he throws Prue and Piper through a wall, causing them to almost die. 
Okay, so I have a theory about this doctor. Okay. Last week, we said that Cole Mm -hmm. was trying to get his human half removed to become fully demon because you had this theory that, like, he was actually trying to do that because you have to become demon to, like, lose your demon soul to get a new one and become fully human. Right. Makes sense to me. I bet that's what the doctor's for. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I think they figured out that Cole was, was doing that and they're trying to get this doctor there to, like, perform the soul thing. Oh. Do you disagree? Oh, no, that's exactly what happens. Say, please don't. I don't want to figure out what else it is. But then Shax shows up. Yeah, who's Shax? I'm imagining he's just a huge dude with just giant muscly arms, but I he's a demon. I just want to make it clear. It's S-H-A-X. It's not like the basketball player, if you're not familiar with the show. I'm calling the guy Shax. Yeah. The basketball player's name is Shaq. Well, yeah. But I thought maybe that's why you thought he was large. Oh, I see. No, I meant he throws two people through a wall. So that's why I think he's big. It yeah. wasn't like Shaq sounds like a very tall African-American man. <laughs> but he's also a demon. Demons are strong, right? I mean, it depends on the demon. Yeah, Whistler's probably not strong. Yeah, Whistler's a bitch. So is that like demon that had the books of Ascension that Fate just beat the shit out of? Yeah. Okay, so Shax is a big, muscly, strong demon. Mostly in the arms. I imagine he's just got real Skinny big legs. Arms. Yeah, he, he himself is not that, but his arms are just massive. It's kind of comical. Yes, like a Johnny Bravo, but just the arms. And he was sent by the source, which, you know, the source is... I mean, I think the source is like where all evil comes from. It's oh. like the first of Buffy, so this will be the last we fucking hear of it. <laughs> yeah. The source, and we're done with it. it. All we needed to do was just talk mean to it. Probably. We'll probably never hear of the source again. Source is trying to get Shax to bone Prue and Piper. And he misunderstood that. He, he could have just had sex with them, but yeah. he threw them through a wall. Yeah. But luckily, there's a doctor there, so they're fine. I think this is a cliffhanger because I think that they almost die, but they're like, maybe they're not fixed yet before the episode ends. Oh, so you think it ends with like them not doing great and the doctor is there being like, you're almost going to die. I'll do my best. Hope you pull through to be continued. And they're like, to be, what are you, who are you talking to? I don't know. I'm a doctor that fixes demon souls. I'm not a medical doctor. Or a narrator. And they're like, what? And then just cuts to black. Yeah, because they die and they don't have consciousness anymore. No, they're alive. Are they? Yeah. Okay. I think Prue isn't that hurt because she's a cartoon. Mm-hmm. So she's doing a little bit better than Piper. She still didn't enjoy it. was Since it was a demon that did it, I think she took some damage. But It's just a funny wording, causing them to almost die. Yeah, it's just, it's just like a weird, like he throws them through a wall and they almost die. It's just like such a specific thing that happened. And also seems not that exciting for a season finale. We're magical, just like a it gets chucked through a wall. All right. But I think Cole is like fully human now. Yeah. And him and Phoebe are doing great. And then Shax is gone? Or do you think he's going to be a problem? I think Leo scares off Shax. <laughs> yeah, he barks at him. He's like, well, I don't like dogs. And he leaves. So he might be back. He'll be back. But now we know he's afraid of dogs. So, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, so I think that's what happens. And we'll have to tune in next season to see if they make it through. Yes, we will. This is Ben. Meanwhile, Meanwhile on Charmed. So, Stacy, do you want to tell us a little bit about Graduation Day Part 2? Just a little bit. Um, this episode is about Graduation Day and the mayor's ascension. And Finally. That's pretty much it. Yeah, finally. About time we got to that ascension. And we get the the resolution of the Buffy angel drama. Yeah. Okay, so it, it opens on Buffy, still on Faith's balcony, still processing that she likely just killed Faith. Remember, Faith fell down onto a truck and drove away. She kind of just leaves Faith's knife on the ledge and climbs down. And as soon as she's out of sight, the mayor appears in the, the broken window that they fought through. He's freaking out a little. He's, he's freaking out a lot, actually. He, like, screams at his vampire assistant to go find them. And he's just, like, alone and panicking and, like, repeating, she'll be all right. 
she'll be all right. Like, you can tell he means it immediately. I'm like, I was wrong. This guy cares about her so much. He's, like, legit worried that she died. Yeah, I remember being, like, rewatching this season and being like, no, I think the mayor does care about fate. And this is like, oh, yeah, 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 he does. Nothing that came before this proved that. It could have been 100% manipulation. I do think it maybe partly was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But in this moment, there's just, like, no doubt that he, like, loved her. Yeah. So good. His tone is just, like, nothing we've ever seen from him. Like, Mm -hmm. he's never 100% sincere occasionally he'll like snap and yell and have like a moment of rage but it always goes back to this weird like character that he does mm-hmm. the politician mayor character and, and like just this dorky dad type but just like between his performance and the music he's just like talking to himself like trying to convince himself it'll be okay clearly not like really believing that it will be okay it's good it's a good scene yeah, and it's also just, like, emotions we haven't ever seen him express. hmm He's always been confident. Yeah, and just, like, this powerful man having, like, an emotional meltdown is, like, whoa. Oof. The first, like, ten minutes this episode are great. Yeah. At the library, Giles and Xander are hanging out, having coffee. <laughs> They're real chill. <laughs> kind of chill. Xander's like, aren't you supposed to be drinking tea? And Giles is like, tea is soothing. I wish to be tense. <laughs> They're trying to study up on the demon Ovalcan. That's the name of the demon they think the mayor's going to turn into. Cordelia shows up. She's pissed because she found out that Wesley is leaving the country and she wants to know why. Giles tells her that Buffy quit so that she doesn't need to watch her anymore. Couldn't Buffy just have like quit forever ago? Like there's nothing to quit. No one's paying her. Why does she come to work? I mean, I think she feels like it's her duty. Yeah. And the watchers like help her with that. But she sees now that she has Giles. She doesn't need them. That's true. That's true. I'll be interested to see where that goes. If she reconciles with them. But then Cordelia just kind of helps them research for some reason. Even though she doesn't super get answers about Wesley. Cut to Angel. Remember, he was shot with a poisonous arrow. He's not doing great. Willow's taking care of him and he's acting like real romantic towards her. He's all like, I was wrong. I can't leave you. Clearly thinks she's Buffy. Oz implies Angel also thought he was Buffy. And Willow feels super guilty because, like, everything's terrible, but she's just still, like, on cloud nine from the Oz sex. And then... He's good. I guess. Buffy comes in. Sans Faith. She has Oz and Willow to leave because she's got some weird shit to do. Angel's, like, ready to die. He's like, I've prepared. I just need to see you one last time. Here I go. Death. I'm coming. I would have been totally fine if Angel died in this scene. Like... He's already died once. They're going to college. They've broken up. And that would have been, like, really impactful for a season finale, I think, if he just died. But, like, my question is, had Angel been announced, the TV show? Like, did we know he couldn't die because we knew he was going to be in another show? Right. Or, like, had the plot of that show been foreshadowed? Like, maybe it's set in the 1700s, so he could die? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I feel like I knew the show was going to have a spinoff. Okay. It seems like at this point it would have been announced, but like... We also have like the internet now and stuff. Right. Like, how would that have even been? Like, the TV guide? I was doing dial-up at this point. (laughs) This would have been like May when this aired. They wouldn't have had September's lineup announced yet, necessarily. But like, when Angel's like breaking up with Buffy, do we know he's going somewhere? I mean, I don't know if I knew where he was going. I I don't know. Or when he's like, I'm going to leave town. I'm like, oh, that's okay. We'll see him again. (laughs) He's going to be on his own show. If you remember, if you watch the show live, let us know if you remember the timeline of those things. Anyway, she's like, no, no, drink, bitch, drink me. And he's like, oh, my God, that's honestly the hottest thing I've heard in my entire life. I am rock hard right now. (laughs) 
but no, it'll kill you. And she's like, no, not if you don't take all of it. This is the only way. You need the blood of a slayer and I killed Faith, so this is the only slayer blood we got. He's like, no, I, I can't do it. I'll just die instead. I've been trying to kill myself all season. Just let me do it. He like begs her to not make him do it. And then she just like punches him a ton. I, I think just to get him into like delirium again or like to get him mad. To get his vamp face out at least. Does that do that? You just hit someone enough in their vamp? Is that how well, you turn you it on? I get mad. Okay. And I feel like getting punched a bunch of times probably got him like frustrated. Right. But does that change his like mindset too? I mean, being angry is a mindset, so yeah. Well, it works. He just, like, goes primal, goes to town on her neck. And honestly, what follows is pretty pornographic. They're, like, just, like, on the ground. It's very... They're doing sex things. Like, Buffy's crumpling this piece of metal with her hands. Like, this somehow feels good for her. I doubt it does. Just, like, doing sex. (laughs) (laughs) I I crumple metal. I've been known to. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's like, leave the lamp alone, honey. The metal lamp? We have, like, two metal lamps in this room. We used to have six. (laughs) But I doubt this would feel good for her. But, like, the way they do the scene, you'd you'd think it does. And then Angel finishes, for lack of a better word? (laughs) I mean, that's that's the perfect word. (laughs) And he just rolls over. Yeah, I mean, he's done drinking her blood, but who knows what else. Obviously, Buffy's not doing as well as Angel after this. So he, like, carries her to the hospital. This is another great scene. He's like, I need help. She's lost a lot of blood. Something bit her. It wasn't me. And the doctor's like, tell me what happened. I need info, pal. And Angel just, like, breaks the handle off the door in the room. And is like, dude, I don't know. Just just help her. And the doctor's like, so you guys are, like, doing drugs, I take it? And Angel's like, no, no, she's clean. But you can tell the doctor is just like, yeah, I don't want to mess with this guy. I'll just stop asking questions. Yeah. <laughs> He's strong. Angel goes out to the hall to make a phone call. And then the camera circles around to another room where Faith is. The mayor is there getting the full report on Faith. She's still alive despite all the blood loss, but she's got some severe head trauma. And the doctor says there's almost no chance she'll ever regain consciousness. He touches her face and he says, it's your day. That's so sad. Yeah. I don't really know how it's supposed to be her day. We'll get more into that, but you can tell he's sad and he means it. And then a nurse comes in to tell this doctor about another young girl with severe blood loss. And of course, the mayor hears this. And of course, he knows it's Buffy. And these rooms are like connected. So again, the camera follows him. He walks over there. Very intense music. He grabs her face, not in a nice way. And just starts, I don't know, kind of maybe trying to suffocate her. Yeah. And the nurse can't stop him, but Angel's still in the hallway. He hears this, comes in, and is like, uh, don't do that. And the mayor's like, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do more. Did you see what she did to Faith? And he's like, yeah, Buffy's the best. (laughs) (laughs) Mayor doesn't like this. He calls Buffy Angel's whore. And then Angel throws him across the room. And then the mayor says, the show's not over, but there will be a short intermission. Wouldn't want to miss the second act. There'll be all kinds of excitement. It's fun when they're meta. Stay tuned after these messages. I don't think it was even a commercial break, but it felt like it. 1-800-COLLECT. <laughs> Giles and friends show up at the hospital. They kind of put together what's happened with the whole angels doing fine, Buffy's not thing. I mean... I mean, they ask him and he says... And they kind of blame him, and he sort of just lets them. Like, he doesn't really defend himself. But, I mean, it was Buffy that, like, made it happen, pretty much. I mean, it's a tough spot. Like, I wouldn't feel excited about that either. Right. I mean, I don't think he's happy he did it. He's also like, I'm leaving town. I don't need to start a fight. Yeah, especially if, like, Buffy might die, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Like... And Giles kind of demands that he leave, essentially, even though Angel doesn't want to leave. He's like, well, the sun's coming out. You gotta go. Not only are Buffy and Faith sharing a room, they're sharing a dream. 
in Faye's apartment. It's daytime. They seem to be friends again. They acknowledge they don't exactly know whose brain they're both in. And it seems like Faith is maybe moving out and she has a cat. Buffy's asking who's going to take care of the cat. And the cat at some point briefly morphs into Faith's lifeless body and then back to the cat. Faith tells Buffy that human weakness never goes away, even his, probably meaning the mirrors. And then Faith says that Buffy can take whatever of her she needs. And then Faith's knife like flashes in Buffy's hand at some point. Honestly, a lot of what they say in the scene is nonsense to me. And I think it's supposed to be... Yeah, so obviously when you watch this scene, there's a couple things that are said. Well, there's a lot said that's like very pertinent to this episode. But there's some stuff that just seems kind of like gibberish. But like later on, you're like, oh, this was something. Yeah, like is the cat something? No, she says, I can just tell you because it won't make any sense to you. Little Miss Muffet counting down from 730. And there's there's more to it than that. Uh, but that's just seems like gibberish. Yeah, she also says, like, miles to go. Yeah, that's not as important. That's They're sort of saying, like, there's more coming up. There's Your journey's not over. 730 is exactly how many days are in two years. And in two years, something happens? And the show is renewed for two more seasons. At this point? Yes. So it's like, something big's happening in two years. Obviously, again, watching, you don't know that. But retrospect, you're like, oh, you're foreshadowing this thing. Okay. Spoilers, there's a season five. Is there more meaning in this scene? No. You mean no, like you can't tell me or like there's not? No, there's not. feels like there's a couple other things that were like, what? It's possible there's more meaning that I'm just not aware of that like you could, that's all I know. Because this episode also doesn't answer like what's going to happen with Faith exactly. Like They say she probably won't wake up, but like yeah. she didn't die. Yeah. If she dies, there's a new Slayer. So there's that. Buffy wakes up in her hospital bed. She goes over to Faith's side of the room and kisses her on the forehead, just like old times. Yeah, because Faith says to Buffy, like, you're not ready to kill me yet. You're not a killer yet. And then, like, kisses her forehead in Enemies. So this is sort of, like, a reflection of that. She's like, I killed you, bitch. Smooch. Yeah, kind of. It's nice, though. Buffy gets dressed. She gets out of her hospital bed and squeezes into a full leather outfit. They don't show that, but it seems insane that this wounded woman is like... She's got to keep that blood flowing. She doesn't have enough. She finds her friends and tells them to get everyone. She's ready for war. They're in the library going over the plan. We don't know what the plan is yet, but they all agree that it's crazy. But it's the only plan that they have. Because they, like the mayor, have really procrastinated on this whole graduation day thing. Well, to be fair, they didn't know how they could kill the mayor until, like, now. I know. But to be fair, they also didn't try super hard to find out. Yeah. We do know that Xander is going to be a key figure in the plan because of his military training. Remember that kind of cool thing they set up in the Halloween episode that they reference again in the Judge episode in season two but haven't mentioned at all this season? Yeah, and also the training is I'm just, it's very eye-rolly what his, like, training, how would they utilize his training? Oh, we'll get there, baby. <laughs> Giles is like, uh, slow down, Buffy. This whole plan, which is still a big secret to the audience, depends on you being able to control the mayor. Do you think you can actually do that? She's like, yeah. Faith appeared to me in a dream and told me to plan his human weakness, so we'll just do that. And they're like, great, Angel, you spent some time with him. Is there anything he's afraid of? Also, Angel, are you sure you should be standing in direct sunlight this entire episode? Yeah, the sun is just like, this whole room is filled with sun. Every time they show him in these library scenes, it looks like he's trying to find his light to get the perfect selfie. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> there's a scene in Giles' office where I'm like, you're dead. Yeah. In season two, there's like a scene where like a little bit of light comes through like a like Willie's back room. Uh-huh. And like Angel's like out of commission for like two days. <laughs> yeah. Just like weak, like, oh, look at the sun a little bit. But this episode, he's like, I look great in the sun. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling good. To be fair, he does have a bunch of Slayer blood in his tummy, so. Mm-hmm. But Angel's like, well, he doesn't like 
germs. So Cordelia pitches an idea where they chase him with a fake box of Ebola. <laughs> Honestly, that might have worked. Yeah. yeah. I do think that could have worked. But then Angel's like, wait, wait, the sun's giving me an idea. <laughs> Faith. Faith is his weakness. He was like just freaking out about her at the hospital. And then Wesley stumbles in. I guess he didn't leave for England. Buffy's like, I told you, I'm done with the council. And he's like, well, I'm not here for the council. Just tell me how I can help. Oh, he cares. And he's like genuinely humble here. Yeah, Wesley has a ton of problems as a character. But like he is at the end of the day wants to do what's right. Mm-hmm. Cordelia finishes. <laughs> no, she just says it's classy. That and then they're, out, they're out of light. All the lamps are fucking crushed. <laughs> and then Buffy says, so this is how it's going to play out. And then there's a really cool transition where the mayor says the exact same thing to his vampires. And now the whole thing kind of switches back and forth between the two groups planning the whole episode. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. The mayor says he's sad that the vampires will be missing his speech, which he says he's been working on for 100 years. I guess that's what he's been doing the whole time instead of procuring spiders and killing professors. Yeah. He needs the vampires to stop everyone when they try to run. But they're like, Master, the sun, though. And he's like, oh, don't you worry about that. And the Scoobies are reading that an eclipse will be happening. Classic Ascension shit. That puts me back in the game, says a naturally lit angel. <laughs> I'll be a little weaker now that the sun's gone. (laughs) (laughs) The mayor says that containing everyone is crucial because he'll need to feed immediately to sustain the change. And I guess Willow and Oz are making a volcano. I mean, they're building a bomb, but they're comparing it to a volcano because that's what killed the previous demon. And I guess Giles is the one who's going to detonate it. Xander says he can get the materials. That's interesting because Xander was there when people got bomb making materials. Oh, you know, I didn't even think about that. That's a fun connection. I mean, he didn't like go into the store with them, but like maybe he saw what was required. This is also a very different bomb. He probably cleaned out that car, which had all the bomb stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, cake ingredients. Right. Yeah, honestly, I think the things they set up for Xander and the Zeppo should have been, like, more directly paid off. I think they were indirectly paid off, but they should have done more with that instead of this military stuff. Totally. Like, the bomb stuff, I think that would have been a great connection, actually. If they're like, where do we get stuff to make a bomb? And Xander's like, you know what? I specifically know how. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they set that up even better, where he was, like, more a part of the bomb building, even. Yeah. And just the fact that he was, like, fearless in that episode. They they do sort of touch on that this episode, but they don't, like, explicitly say it. And he actually mentions being afraid. I don't know. Buffy tells Giles to get lots of weapons, and Buffy's off to get something. Faith's knife. Faith's knife. And this montage ends with the mayor telling the vampires to watch their swearing. (laughs) Wesley and Cordelia are alone together in the library. I think they're, like, packing books so that the books don't get ruined. Yeah, we don't explain why, but, I mean, we know later why. Right. And they do show those shelves without books on them later. Wesley tells her that if they make it through this, he will be going back to England. She's kind of bummed. And very much the same way Luke is not so subtly asking Lorelai for a reason to not go on the cruise with Nicole, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wesley is not so subtly asking Cordelia for a reason to stay in Sunnydale. Right. It's very romantic. And then they share a passionate kiss. No one finishes. (laughs) No one's finishing this kiss. It's bad. It's so awkward. So they try again. (laughs) Yeah, I think the trying again is very funny. And they're both just like, yeah, no, this isn't a thing. <laughs> Good luck in England. He's like, yep, we'll drop you a line sometime. She's like, that'd be neat. <laughs> yeah. The joke is they have no chemistry, right? Or do you think it's just Wesley? 
I think they don't have any chemistry. I, I think that's probably true. I mean, I think Wesley also, too, probably isn't super experienced at kissing. But I yeah. Feel, he also seems like, oh, I'm not into this. Because I, I agree. It does seem like he's not into it. If she weren't into it, but he was, like, trying to make it work, that'd be one thing. But I think he's also like, no. But also just watching it, it seems like he's doing the weirder things. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't know where to put his hands. I wonder how they went about choreographing it. If they were just, like, act weird, I don't know. Or if someone, like, really thought about what they should do. I don't know. It's so funny that it's just over. Yeah. I know they're both on Angel. So we'll see what happens there, I guess. Well, I think uh, I think Cordelia judges all of her relationships with just a kiss. I mean, that's sort of how her and Xander happened. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't super parallel the way she got together with Xander, but it is sort of this funny, like, romantic buildup to a kiss. And the one with Xander obviously led to something, and this right. one just leads to nothing. The Scoobies are recruiting all remaining alive named characters from their class. Willow and Oz are giving Jonathan and Larry bags of explosive stuff? I don't know. They see them. What is that? What's in those bags? Bomb bags? Gunpowder? I don't know. Fertilizer? Yeah, maybe. Fertilizer. I don't know how to build a bomb. No. Siri. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's implied they just quick fuck in Oz's van? Yeah. See, I remember that. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's when she loses her virginity. But uh... no, it was... Uh... But like, there must be something they can be doing right now. There's I mean, a... they, they think they're going to die. There's a lot of library books to pack up. Yeah, those are important. Bubby's back in the sunny, sunny library where Angel's working on his tan. I don't know. (laughs) Something probably Willow and Oz could have been helping with. The tan. Yeah. Buffy, by the way, has changed into a different leather outfit. She was wearing like red pants, black jacket, all leather. Now she's wearing like red on the top, black on the bottom. What is this? I'm guessing like the pants actually went with the other outfit. (laughs) Oh, shoot. Oh, man. But now they're all sweaty inside because they're leather. I guess we'll just have to wear the opposite ones. Yeah, you can't fight in leather pants and not have them smell afterwards. Why are we fighting in leather pants at all? I liked it. He tells her that assuming they live, he's not going to say goodbye. When this is over, he's just going to leave, and he hopes she understands. And that's the last thing they ever say to each other? Yeah, ever. He he walks out. I don't know. Maybe she'll visit L.A. Her dad lives there. Nah. I, that means they'll see each other again. Mm. You know what? I don't care. If they see each other again, I'll be happy. If they don't, that's fine. As long as we see Spike, I don't care if Buffy sees Angel again. We see Spike one time in a dream. That's a lie. And then she shows us the thing she went to get. Faith's not. Graduation time. Willow and Oz are late. That is honestly very irresponsible. Yeah. I mean, I guess they maybe knew what time the eclipse was happening, so as long as they made it before then, but I don't know. It was a you big day. You gotta be there before the mayor gives a speech. Yeah. There are some parents there? It's weird. They're on this, like, lower platform behind the kids where they can't see shit. There's also not many of them, so, like, maybe they convinced the students to call off their families and some came. I don't know. I was just like, where are the parents? But I looked really hard and you could see them. They Emily's have, there, uh, and then in another shot, she's not. And she just doesn't know where to sit. She's complaining <laughs> about it. They have those, like, old-timey scroll diplomas. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what type you guys had, because we had, like, the little flat books. And my brother, who's quite a bit older than me, graduated in 93. Pretty sure he had the flat book, too. This is 99. What did your school have? I don't know. Those feel like a very old school. I don't even know if people had those ever. Uh, I was given one, but I think it was, like, a prop. Like, you were mailed the actual diploma. yeah. Snyder opens the ceremony, tells everyone they proved more or less adequate, <laughs> tells them this is a time of celebration, so they should sit still and be quiet. And he tells them to spit out their gum, and then he says, I saw that gesture, you see me after graduation. Just very fun lines for him to have, you know, one last time. He goes to L.A. with Angel, so. Yeah, to shoot Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> then the mayor gets up to speak. 
Buffy and Willow are like offended that he's actually doing a full real speech. Like that's more torturous than whatever is about to happen. But then he just like, they start blubbering. It's just so... It's emotional. It's so much better than Rory's speech, honestly. He says, I live in two worlds, one of... (laughs) But then when he tries to do that face that Rory does, he starts to turn. (laughs) But his speech, uh, like Rory's, turns a little emotional. He says there's been grief. There are people who should be there today that aren't. Faith's nice. <laughs> Which is true for them and for him. He lost Faith and they lost a fuck ton of people, I'm sure. Yeah, like the entire um, swim team should be there, but they're in the ocean right now. And- I was thinking about that in the prom episode where they cheer about like how many people Buffy's saved. Like how many people did die though? Like maybe they should be a little sad. <laughs> and he says, nothing will ever be the same. Nothing. And then the eclipse begins. The sky goes pitch black. Angel sadly puts away his selfie stick. (laughs) Was this eclipse like scheduled on the lunar calendar or is the ascension causing it? I think the ascension is causing it. I don't think it's... Okay. Because like if it wasn't the calendar, you think they'd have known about it. Yeah, I think it's like a supernatural eclipse. Okay. If their outdoor scheduled daytime graduation was going to be pitch black, you'd think that would be like something they'd know about for years. Oh, absolutely. As soon as it starts to get dark, the mayor starts going through some shit. It seems kind of painful. He says, it's begun, my destiny. He seems a little bummed he can't finish his speech, but he says he'll just skip to the big finish. Still seems to be having some indigestion, but honestly, the CGI from here on out is a little hard to stomach for anybody. (laughs) It's so bad. His transformation especially was pretty bad. Like, they could have done with a few cutaways, I think. Like, they stay on him the whole time his face goes. Like, we recently made a TikTok where we turned you into one of those fish people, and I think that looked a little better. (laughs) Yeah. It looks so bad. I think the eclipse choice was threefold. One, the scene has a lot of people and moving parts. It probably took them a long time to shoot. And shooting outdoors, if you shoot at night, you have like consistent light right, for eight hours. Right, yeah. You have to worry about the sun being at different levels. It's like a production nightmare. Second, like angel jokes aside, this justifies the vampires being there. And third, it makes the terrible CGI probably like a little less shitty looking. If yeah. It's dark. The mayor transforms, ascends into like a dragon brontosaurus. <laughs> I think it's just a big snake. It's a very tall, long necked thing. You think it's just a snake? It's I was just wondering. A snake. He doesn't have legs. He's just no, a snake. It's just a snake. Oh, that makes sense. A dragon brontosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> you just see a neck. You don't see his bottom. Faith didn't know if he'd have hands. He doesn't. He's doing a lot of shrieking. The parents all disperse. They somehow all manage to run away before the vampires show up. That's maybe a mistake on the vampires' part. The vampires are very slow, actually. Yeah. But all the students stay in place. They stare at the mayor monster in the face until Buffy shouts, Now! And they all disrobe, revealing their secret weapons. Some of them have flamethrowers. Some of them have, like, arrows. Some of them get eaten. Some of them run away. Or were they, like, going to fight the vampires? I think some ran away and the vampires intercepted them. Okay. But these vampires are so low energy. They're like zombies. Yeah. Oz warns Xander that the vampires are approaching, and then Xander commands the flame arrow units to fire. I'm sorry, but Xander commanding this is stupid. Like, Buffy's making commands the whole time. Oz could have easily made that command to fire on the vampires. Well, I don't have a problem with Xander doing it, but the idea that, like, we gotta use your training. Like, his military training definitely did not include, like, how to command a medieval military group. Yeah, this is like Game of Thrones shit. Yeah. And, I mean, any of them could just be like, okay, we should fire now. (laughs) Again, it would have been fine if we weren't like, this is your military training. Just have Xander yell this stuff. Right, right, right. Because he was from, like, World War II, maybe? Vietnam era? He had a machine gun. Yeah. He had an M16. Yeah, it just, Buffy was doing a lot of the commands. So it just, it, I don't know, it seemed like 
if we're going to give Xander this, then like really give Xander this. Yeah. Like have him plan the battle. Let us see that. Let us see him like really taking charge where he kind of just yelled a few things Mm -hmm. or don't put as big of an emphasis on it earlier in the episode that he's going to be like in charge of this. I mean, they're trying to give him something special because he doesn't have anything special. Could have been the bomb thing. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you. Should have been the bomb thing. That would have been, he could have just been a hundred percent in charge of the bomb. Mm -hmm. Maybe that was his idea even. Yeah. Like, oh, a bomb almost blew up the school once before and I saved everyone. You guys didn't even know. Yep. That's so much better. Joss, start over. Start over. Season one. The vampires don't love the fire arrows. They, I think, go to retreat. God, they suck. But they're immediately faced with Angel and an army of student vampire hunters and Wesley, who's just immediately knocked out. That's so funny. I think Larry dies? Yeah, he dies. Like They sure. don't explicitly say. No, but we find out later he died. Okay. Like, he doesn't get eaten, but he just, he gets, like, picked up and thrown to the ground. Sounds like a lot of bones broke. Snyder's very upset. This is not orderly. This is not discipline. And this is his campus, and he wants things to be quiet, and then he just gets eaten. Love it. You hope to see it, honestly. So I don't think the mayor was going to kill him. Okay. Yeah, because in the previous episode, he's like, I have a special thing for you or an award or something. Yeah, he's like, you're going to get repayment. But I feel like the mayor, like, does reward people who are loyal to him. And, yeah, maybe he was going to eat him all along, but I feel like he only eats him because, his, you know, he says he has to eat during the transformation. Yeah, I think he wanted to eat, like, literally everybody. Yeah, but the students aren't letting him eat because they've got flamethrowers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think he's like, uh, gotta eat right there. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, though, because I mean, maybe we can get into this more later, but, like, what was his plan once he destroys this whole town? Yeah, it's all kind of what? Because, like, if a bomb can kill you, then, like, a nuclear bomb could definitely kill you. Enough missiles will kill you. Like, you, you're, the end game is you're going to die. Yeah. Anyway, we'll I mean, get there. I guess I guess you could argue that maybe he has some sorcery that's going to be able to like he'll hide or something. I don't know. We'll get there. It's funny the way Snyder dies, and I, I, I was happy with him dying. He probably deserves to die, but him just like calmly trying to keep order when this is very not normal. I mean, right. it is weird. I don't know. It just seems unrealistic. You know, he'd be like freaking out that Absolutely. there's a monster. Yeah. There's still so many Snyder questions I'm guessing we'll never have answers to, like his exact knowledge of what the mayor was doing. Mm-hmm. I don't think Buffy has any weapons, by the way. She's like giving commands, but well, she's got. She'd um, be shooting something too. She's got. Uh, face face knife. knife. But she should have like face poison bow and arrow. She's got something else to do. She gives Xander full control of the army. They switch over to hand to hand combat. All the kids are going at the vampires now. Pretty sure Harmony gets bitten. Yeah. She, she can come back. Killed. She gets killed. Does she get killed or she get vampired? So the um, next scene. <laughs> she comes back with that other chick that Willow bit in that other episode. I oh. like the idea that Harmony, like, she gets bitten and then amidst all this chaos, she's drinking a vampire's blood. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting, right? Because that's how it had to happen. <laughs> how long does you have to wait? Like, as you're dying? Which means she did it right away. Yeah. Or this vampire just taking the time to convert her? Yeah, that is, that is an interesting point. Yeah, I never thought about that. Xander's still shouting stuff, but, like, no one can even hear him. He's, like, saying something about flanks, and they make a point of showing that it's not working, so whatever. Angel's just slamming vamps. Cordelia gets one. It's her first kill. Yeah. Wesley's still on the ground. Like, he should be dead, honestly. (laughs) He would have been so trampled. He's got a really stiff upper lip, so he's fine. (laughs) Buffy gets the mayor's attention. She's like, hey, remember, Faith's knife. She yells it, though. I slid it into... Faith's gut. Like she was butter. And she's like, you want it back, dick? And he does. He does want it back. He doesn't like foul language. That's true. But his name is also maybe Dick. Yeah, but he could tell it was wordplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Do you think that's why he was upset and not the face, face knife? No, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think it was this one. I think it was face knife. Yeah, I'm sure. She runs into the school. He chases her with his snake body. I don't see legs. You say he is a snake. <laughs> He's a snake. I just say we never see his legs. He might have legs. She's running through the school. He's just smashing everything. This all looks terrible, by the way. <laughs> it's TV in the 90s. I forgive them, but it just saying. It, it looks bad. It, it was funny. He smashes into the library. He sees the bags of explosives and says, well, gosh, in like a goofy computer demon voice. Yeah, like literally, like when you say goofy, I mean like the character. Goofy, yeah. <laughs> well, gosh. It's weird. Buffy jumps out the window where Giles is waiting at a safe distance with a detonator and he blows up the school. Oh, we should mention a couple things. One is that they've mentioned blowing up the school a couple times. Yeah? Yeah, like Xander talked about like nuking the school and somebody, I want to say Willow or somebody else mentioned blowing up the school one time. Well, they tried to blow up the school in the Zeppo. No, but they, it was just like, oh, that's the thing we should do. Like, Maybe in the earshot, Xander made a joke about it. And also, I remember reading that when they did this, like, they blew it up at night, and it was, the explosion was way bigger than they thought. It, like, blew out all the neighbors' windows and, uh-huh. like, stuff. And so they were told they were never allowed to film there anymore. Wait, is it a, it's a real school, right? Because I think someone commented once that they went to the school where this was filmed. But maybe that's just the interior stuff? Yeah, I don't know. Huh. Because, yeah, they must have, like, blown up the real set. Or maybe, I guess they could have built models. And they blew, some of it was outside. Yeah. I'll have to read about it when that's safe to do. I don't mean like because it's... It took me a second. Is it because of COVID? <laughs> no, it's handmade times. <laughs> Women can't read anymore. No, I mean like... Because of spoilers. Yeah. yeah. So Wesley's being wheeled away on a stretcher. He's whining about being in a lot of pain. So I guess he probably did get trampled. Or his pride still hurt from that awful attempt at romance. Yeah, that's what it was. He asked if he could maybe just be knocked unconscious. <laughs> he wants to forget. Xander and Buffy are walking. Buffy seems distracted and Xander can tell what's up. He reassures her that Angel lived through the fight, but he maybe already took off. He says, fuck you, Angel, and he walks away. He doesn't. He does walk away, but he doesn't swear. To honor the mayor. Giles comes over. Buffy says she's tired. I imagine so. None of them probably slept the night before, and she lost a lot of blood. Yeah. She's like, my thoughts are pretty much just fire bad, tree pretty. (laughs) And then he tells her she did a good job, and then he found this diploma from the wreckage. And then he says a bunch of big words, and she's like, fire bad, tree pretty. (laughs) They're so cute. Yeah. And then he goes to check on whimpering Wesley. And Buffy sees Angel. He looks back at her, very sad. They're both so sad. Sad music. I don't think it's their music, though. That's interesting. Maybe that's a choice. Because they're not them anymore. And he walks away, all the way to L.A. The first season of Angel is just him hitchhiking. It's hard, but he knows it's the right thing. He belongs on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I didn't even think about the fact that both end with, like, a non-goodbye. Yeah, silent goodbye. Yeah. And the guy goes away to L.A. Yeah. And then the Scoobies just kind of stare at the smoldering school, taking a moment to realize that they survived not only this battle, but, as Oz points out, high school. Well, took you a little longer for no reason, Oz. Yeah, (laughs) good point. And then it pans down to a slightly charred yearbook of some students looking directly into the sun, (laughs) meaning, like, things are hopeful, maybe? And uh, that's the season. That's the season. Okay, so I think this episode was so good. The first two-thirds of it had me just, like, on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Especially the first, like, 10, 15 minutes, like we said. Yeah. The music, the way it was shot. The, like, Dutch angles, yeah. The emotions, the way everyone in the school came together in the end was very cool. But I have to say, I was let down by the end. Yeah, the final fight was really disappointing. The whole buildup of the Ascension and the mayor transforming, like, I thought the Ascension would be bigger. Like, more of the episode, more of the town being destroyed, just more death. 
only a couple people died. And we didn't even really get to sit in those deaths. Like, yeah. we didn't mourn Larry. So it right. didn't seem that important. It, it just all happened so fast. And I'm left with a ton of questions, like, about the mayor and what his goals were exactly. Like, what was his plan once he killed everyone? Was he just going to keep hanging out with human faith in that form? Yeah, like fucking Dune monster. And he told Faith that the Ascension was going to be her time to shine too. But, like, what was her part going to be? Just, well, like, I mean, fighting off people? Yeah, she gets to, like, vanquish Buffy. Yeah. But, like, no one's going to be around to appreciate that she did that. And no one's going to. Yeah, but he's like, people are going to see how wonderful you can be. No one would think that's wonderful, and there won't be anyone left to see that. Yeah. And why was she going to wear that girly dress to a fight? He also told her she wasn't going to have to fight. Was she just going to, like, sit up on stage with him? Well, I mean, I think it was his moment, but she was going to be, like, his right hand, since he doesn't have hands anymore. Yes. Why did they have to kill the professor? What was he going to do? They killed the professor because he, like, knew, he had found, like, the previous demon, so he had research on it. That was all kind of poorly written, because it was like, wait, what? Because he could just, just happens to be in Sunnydale? I mean, if he would have destroyed everyone at graduation, I assume he then goes on to eat, like, the whole town, and that guy would have gotten eaten anyway. It's not like that guy knew the mayor was going to do something at the graduation. Well, I mean, I think the mayor knew he would be vulnerable as a demon, so he was like, I want to kill this guy so that information doesn't leak out, or, like, they know what kind of demon I am and, like, know about the ritual. Theoretically, maybe there is a way to stop the ascension. And he was afraid that if that information were to be found out by someone else, then they could have stopped him. Yeah, and that they, would be the guy. Yeah, that because they had to figure out what demon he was turning into because every ascension is different. And like I said, maybe there was a way, a spell or something that they could have done. They never found it. Right, right. But maybe he would have known. But I do agree that it was, like, real sloppy. Like, this guy just happens to be in the town. And, like, the whole setting up the town for demons to feed... Like, was that related? Like, they, they set up that the mayor was, like, allowing this town to be evil, but that had nothing to do with, like, his actual ascension. Like, I would have liked if all these demons he were allowing, like, fed him somehow, or, like, if that somehow made him powerful. But that seemed, like, not connected in the end. Yeah, it just seemed like, I'm the reason for all of this. Like, just because you said it. There's a couple red herrings, like, the germ thing. And they, they do acknowledge that in the episode, that that was sort of a red herring. Then it just gave him a character trait, I guess, which is good. Uh, I kind of expected some Anya. I, I'm assuming we'll have her again at some point, but I thought she might come back and help. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it, but it needed more military drops if that was going to be mm-hmm. an important thing and better Zeppo tie-ins. And like, also was kind of disappointed that they don't super dwell on how big of a deal it is that Buffy killed Faith, like that she killed someone, period. Yeah. They, they kept making a big deal out of how Buffy isn't a killer. Well, she didn't technically kill Faith yet. That's true. Maybe they'll deal with that later. So yeah, I, I was like, wow, this is great. And then I was ultimately a little let down at the end. It's so anticlimactic because let's just put aside the fact that the CGI looks bad, okay? Like it just does, but that's sort of the time. And so I understand that, okay? Mm-hmm. But like the fight with the mayor was just like, he's not in the shot for most of it because they don't want to show him. And it's probably expensive to have on screen. So a lot of it is these fighting these, like you said, these like lackluster, like tired looking vampires. Yeah, they're just kind of standing there, honestly. Yeah, and I know they're supposed to just hold people back and stuff, but like, I don't know, they're not. They look like lost zombies in The Walking Dead. Yeah. It was cool that the school all came together. Yeah. Because they sort of set that up in the prom mm-hmm. that like these people know what's up 
And they somehow in like a couple hours managed to get everyone on the same page. Is like, no, we got to save this. Not the school. The school's fucked. But like save humanity. And they've been setting those seeds all season. Like Willow's relationship with Percy. Xander's relationship with Larry. Mm -hmm. So like that all came together. I think I honestly thought the mayor would ascend in the first 10 minutes. Right. And the whole episode would be like a battle throughout the city. That would have been great. I mean, maybe if they could have afforded that, they would have done it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's just not doable. But he just seems so easy to beat. Yeah, like in season two, you had that like drawn out, long, fun sword fight with Angel and Buffy. Uh I mean, I guess if we're being real, there was a similar letdown in season one. The master fight was like pretty quick. Uh I'll say they get better. Every season finale, season four season finale is different, but like they're all, the big bad fights are better from now on. This one was a letdown. Do you think it was a good episode? I do think it was a good episode. With some glaring flaws that prevent it from being, like, a great episode. Yeah, I would say it was good, too. But But there's just too many things in it that were good. The first ten minutes are Mm -hmm. just, like, riveting, honestly. They're just like, this is so good. And I'm not gonna, you know, the CGI later doesn't take that away. Like, that was still great. I guess the mayor was probably also not on his A-game because of Faith. Which is maybe you can justify that. That's why he was like so easy to defeat. Even before Buffy's like, "Hey, I got the knife." Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. Know, it seems like he definitely could have eaten more people. Yeah, I. I mean, it would have been nice to show him eat more people because he's evil. I don't know why they didn't want to show that. Yeah, I there's think. a ton of people we don't care about. Just eat a bunch of them. Eat some of those parents. Eat Joyce, please. Joyce didn't come because Buffy told her not to. See, I, I, we've said it was good, but it not quite what we thought it would be. Yeah. Did you remember it being better? Because you kept saying this is like your favorite villain. Of well, all I think the I remember the first part of this episode. Mm-hmm. And I just remember it being like, oh, the mayor's cool. But I knew that the snake part looked dumb. Mm. I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but this episode also got delayed because of Columbine. And so it didn't air for like two or three or four weeks. Because of the school blowing up? Yeah. And like uh, a couple of people, like Sarah Michelle Geller, like made a big deal about like, I, please show this. They showed band candy again instead of the fun. Oh, they should have showed Halloween to remind us of Xander's military training. Yeah, remember this? It's important. So both episodes allude to Robert Frost. Yeah. In Gilmore Girls, one of the things Roy says they can't etch their initials into is donated by Robert Frost or something. And in Buffy, the Miles to Go thing is part of a Robert Frost poem? Yeah, it's like his most famous poem. I don't know if they specifically label that, but like, that's interesting. Buffy's like referenced that poem before in the season too. Yeah, I think she says the same thing in the prom. I don't know, it's just weird. Weird little similarity. So Stacey, I think I know, but which do you think was better? I think Gilmore Girls. I want to point out that Gilmore Girl had no giant climatic fight at all, so it's kind of one thing to be like, Buffy's wasn't good. Well, you didn't even have one on Gilmore. Oh, but it had that Emily mood, and that's a whole fight. <laughs> just a mood? No, I just, I think I didn't have as many problems with Gilmore. Yeah, totally. And I thought it was great. It's a lot of people's favorite episode. It's a really good episode. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with Buffy is it took a lot, a lot of big swings, and some of them connected, but the ones that fail, you just like really see a whiff. Buffy was very good, but I just, I went from like so high on that episode to feeling so like, oh, it's done. Yeah. Okay. It kind of felt like that kiss that Cordelia and that Wesley had. That is a perfect analogy. And it's like, oh, okay. That's what he looks like when he ascends? Okay. I didn't finish? I really am torn because Gilmore Girls had some weird stuff too, but overall was more consistent and funnier. Um, but Buffy just had way more emotional drama that connected with me. But I think I'm going to go Gilmore. Interesting. I don't know. I really am torn. The CGI is just so bad. I just, you're totally right about that. Yeah. I wonder how it looked at the time. Do you remember thinking it looked I thought it looked bad. You thought it looked bad at the time? Yeah. Okay. I thought it looked real bad. Yeah. It's pretty bad. 
It's funny because we complained that they should have cut away more, but also that they didn't show enough. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, we were like, well, it wasn't that exciting because they didn't show the monster that much. But we we're also like, the monster looks bad. So I, I don't know. I don't I mean, they, they set up like an impossible task for themselves, maybe. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Maybe if he was just like a man in a suit that was really complicated and they did like practical effects, that would have been better. But they went with scale, which is tricky. Yeah. Like, yeah, I feel like even claymation would have looked better, honestly. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Gilmore Girls. It's tough. It really is a tough call, but I'm going to go with Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, like, the easiest call for me, but I was able to make this choice swifter than some. But, like I said, I, Buffy was was so good for most of it. I mean, for the first 15 minutes, I feel like you're like, oh, Buffy's better. But uh-huh. then, then it just sort of peters out. I mean, we had had some wine at this point, for sure. Yeah. But I remember just being like, holy shit, this Buffy's so good. Like, when Angel was in the hospital room. Yeah. And then just got a little sad about it. Okay, well, that's that's a wrap on season three, Brian. Wow. What a journey we're on. Yeah. There's still so much. We're not even halfway through yet, but almost. So next week, we won't be watching any episodes, but we will be talking about season three as a whole. Yeah, we'll count down our favorite moments, maybe point out some of our least favorite moments, and we'll reveal our favorite episodes of the season. And we'll reveal our rankings for which show we thought had a better season three overall. I think it is basically tied. It's going to be interesting. This is like every season. No, I feel like... No, you're right. You're right. It's it's usually close. Both shows are great. Both shows are great. I agree. We're having a good time. I hope you guys are having a good time too. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with us. Honestly, it's... Sorry, could we change that? Yeah. Thank you so much for finishing on this journey with us. Okay. We're not finished yet. We're still climaxing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, but for real, it's we we didn't really know what the response would be. And so far, it's been great. We're very excited with all the positive feedback and people that are downloading it every week. Yeah. We're, we're happy with the friends we've made along the way. Exactly. We didn't have any wine, I swear, today. We're going to have some later. In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the season finales. Yeah, like, which one did you think was better? How bad do you think the CGI was at the time? Did you think it was good? Did it not bother you? Did you think the mayor needed to do more? Like, what did you feel about that climactic battle? Would you have preferred that end scene as an alternate ending to Gilmore Girls? Did you know that Angel was going to have a spinoff before this episode? What's Luke's deal with women? Does he like Nicole? What is? Does he just tread in water? What's Lorelai's deal? Who is she dating right now? What is she doing? Where is Alex? Where's Max Medina? Where's Christopher? Yeah, where's Christopher is Where's the real tricks? question. Do you think Emily is evil or do you think her actions are justified? What do you think the mayor meant when he said, this is your time to shine to Faith? Yeah, what was the mayor's plan for Faith? Post- what was the mayor's plan? Post-ascension. Like, wh- where are we going from here, snake man? Let us know. You can reach out to us by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post all kinds of interactive and behind-the-scenes content. If you're enjoying our podcast, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love hearing from you, and it really helps get our podcast get discovered by even more Buffy and Gilmore fans. And if you leave a review, we'll give you a shout-out on an upcoming podcast, even if you're from a different country now. For even more comedy content not related to the podcast, follow us at Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y and Stacy with an E-Y. That's right. We also make comedy sketches, play board games, and review movies in a similar style to our podcast. For all that and more, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy. But if social media is not your thing, you can send us an email at brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. Do you know what I think that Rory actually should have gotten Dean, really, for the wedding? Faith's knife. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye